0: what's up guys i'm jared lopes and you're listening to the dad tired podcast where i'm helping everyday families learn how to follow jesus in everyday life How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired podcast. It's good to be with you. If you're new to the Dad Tired ministry, welcome. We're glad to have you. If you just stumbled upon this podcast for the first time, uh, you can learn more about what we're doing by going to dadtired.com, clicking the community tab. That will actually link you over to a closed group on Facebook where we've got thousands of guys from around the world who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. It's a great place to connect with other dudes uh, and even other guys who might be in your area who you could connect with. I just released a devotional called Stop Behaving. It's a 28 day gospel center devotional for men. You can get that on dadtired.com as well. Uh, We've got tons of guys who are picking that up. We even have some churches who are going through that as a, uh, they're like their men's groups and stuff. So uh, if you're looking for a devotional that is not going to just tell you what to do, but hopefully point you towards Jesus, remind you of the gospel. Uh, I did my best to do that, and I, th- I think it's uh, going to be something that will help you in your marriage and your parenting at work, just overall as a man, what it means to be a man that follows hard after Jesus. So uh, you can pick that up at dadtired.com as well. Today we've got a super fun episode. Uh, I've been I've been trying to push this thing. I, I found this app called Anchor FM, and uh, it's basically a, a app that's a radio. It allows anybody to have their own radio show. You could do it if you wanted to start your own radio show. You can go to Anchor FM and like create your own profile. But I thought this would be a great app and tool for me to be able to connect with you guys, um, and it. it it fits like my personality really well because I love the back. I, I, I would prefer to like be sitting at a restaurant and having food and drink and like just talking over life. That's like uh, what I enjoy most and asking lots of questions and hearing stories and all that kind of stuff. So the the podcast obviously doesn't allow me to do that because I'm just talking. I'm literally sitting in my room. It's empty. I'm by myself. Um, but the, the anchor FM app allows you to call in as a listener and ask your question or even engage just' like give your thoughts and we can kind of go back and forth on on thoughts. The downside is it's such a new app and not very many people have the app uh, that it's it's hard, it's been hard to get like people to download it and get engaged but uh, if you want to be more engaged with uh, you know kind of the, have a more of a conversation ask questions give your thoughts. Download that Anchor FM app and and, uh, look for Dad Tired, and you can call in, you can um, ask questions, give your thoughts, all that kind of good stuff. So that's actually what we're doing today. There's uh, a few guys that called in this week and gave their questions, uh, stuff that's been on their mind and heart, and just wanted to kind of hear my thoughts and uh, get it out for other dudes to be thinking about. So they called in, asked their question, and I've got their questions here um, actually recorded. So I'll play their questions, and then I'll give you my thoughts on it. This is probably more of a question and response and less of a question and answer, because uh, dude, I don't claim to have all the answers. Uh, if you've been listening for a while, you know I'm pretty jacked up, dude. I'm trying my best to fall in love with Jesus, fall more in love with Jesus, be the best husband, dad, and father uh, leader that I can be, but uh, I'm, I'm like a rookie, man. I'm, I'm eight years... Married, and I've only got um, my oldest son is uh, only six years old. So by no means do I claim to have this whole dad thing figured out, marriage thing figured out. So it's not a question and answer, but it is a question and response. I'll I'll respond to your question. I can't tell you that I'll have any answers, but I'll definitely give a response to it. And if you have follow up, if you as a listener, if you've got thoughts too that uh, are better than mine. Feel free to download that Anchor FM app and respond. You can respond to one of these questions, and uh, one of if one of the guys can hear what your thoughts are as well. So uh, let's dive into a couple questions. We'll start here. All
1: right, Dead tired.
0: I have a question for you. This is Jeff, and
1: uh, and my question is actually pertaining to discipline and how um, we should be disciplining. Our children. So, as a new father, this is something that I've been actually been trying to figure out before our son is born, so that I can make sure that my wife and I are on the right page together. Because, for myself, I grew up with having been, you know, like spanked as a child. So, I don't know if that's something that's okay to do these days. Um, According to my wife, that's not something she wants to do. So I'd actually, that's my question.
0: You know, how should we best discipline our children? Super good question, man. I appreciate you calling in asking that. Uh, it's really cool that you and your wife are having those conversations before you have kids. Uh, really, really cool not to like just try to parent on the fly, but be proactive about how you guys want to parent and discipline and be on the same page. So I commend you for that. Uh, spanking is a hot topic. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's one of those taboo topics that like you don't really talk about as a parent, especially as a Christian parent, uh, because it can be so divisive. It's, it's kind of up there with like the vaccines and uh, homeschooling, public school, and uh y- you know all the all the I'm trying, like organic food versus non-organic food, like all these breastfeeding, all these really hot topics that we don't we kind of avoid because we know that they can be really controversial. The Bible actually doesn't talk a ton about spanking. Um, I'm sure people would disagree with me on that, um, but it it actually doesn't talk a lot about it. There are some verses in Scripture uh, where spanking is. Uh, referred to they're mainly in the, in the in Proverbs. So we see like Proverbs 1325 4 says whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Uh we see in Proverbs 2915 it says the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. And Proverbs 2313 says do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod he will not die um <laughs> which uh is good news. Uh so the you know here's one of the here's one thing I would say I guess i'll preface it by saying this i i am, I am not like a proponent I've never taught anybody to be pro spanking or against spanking. I think that's an individual choice. The Bible gives a lot of uh clear uh guidance for us as Christians and believers and tells us some really clear things that we should be doing and then there are other things uh that are in the gray area, so there's lots of things that are black and white and there's lots of things that are in the gray area and I always say that it's, I think it's dangerous to build an entire theology and tell everyone else that they should believe that theology based on just a couple verses. If the, if the, overall story of God and and throughout Scripture that we see God doing things, we can kind of develop theology based on what we see in context of verses and what we see Him doing throughout the whole Scriptures. Um, it's really dangerous to like pick a couple verses in a couple spots, build a whole theology on it, and then tell everybody else, this is what God has for us based on His Word. I just think that's a dangerous place to be. We don't see Jesus talking about discipline. We don't really see the New Testament writers talking about discipline discipline really the only places in scripture that we could build that theology would be from the proverbs the book of proverbs and it was those couple verses that i just read about not sparing the rod and rod was i think pretty literal back then uh where you you would actually like get hit with a rod as a way to discipline i think bigger than spanking the question is how do we get how do we discipline our kids I, um, and this is a this is a bigger deal. This is what we should be talking about. Is like how do we use discipline to point our kids towards Jesus? I don't think that uh, our kids should be in a place where they can do whatever we want, <laughs> whatever they want. Um, uh, I grew up in a place. My my dad wasn't really around very much when I was growing up, and so I never got disciplined by my dad. And so what I learned, uh, and I didn't find this out until I was like in my twenties, was. Um, It was impossible for me to feel loved and to feel disciplined at the same time. If I was being disciplined, especially by like a a male figure, like a teacher or a coach, it felt unloving to me. And so what I'm learning as a dad and as a man is how do I discipline my son? How do I correct him and at the same time make him feel incredibly loved? My goal for my kids is not to constantly just correct their behavior, but I want to use their behavior to see what's going on beneath the surface into their heart. And I want to parent and discipline their heart. Um, Jeff Vanderselt talked about this a couple of weeks ago when he was on the podcast, when he was a, uh, a guest on the podcast. And he talked about like, what is our Uh, motivation for discipline and I thought it was so good. It's been really helpful for me as a parent thinking through, am I disciplining my kids just because they're frustrating me, uh, because they're embarrassing me, because I feel out of control, Uh, their behavior is out of control and it makes me feel like I don't have any control of them and so I discipline them and that's oftentimes out of anger or out of frustration or out of embarrassment or am I disciplining them because my goal is to raise kids who love Jesus, training my kid up in the way they should go? The way they should go is Jesus. Jesus is the way they should go. And so how do I train my kids so that their hearts will be prone to love Jesus, to be satisfied in Jesus and to fall uh, in love with Jesus and not just correct their behavior? Obviously, we use behavior as a tool or as a guide or as a gateway to get into what's going on in their heart. Behavior is always an indication of what's going on in their heart. And uh, that's true for us as adults. And that's true for them as kids. We don't have behavior issues. We have heart issues and the heart is what needs to be corrected. And so I would say for you, one, um, talk it through with your wife and figure out where you guys want to land. There are some studies. My wife, uh, she's a nurse. She kind of geeks out on the science side. There's some new studies coming out about spanking and like the psychological effects of spanking. Uh, I tried to spank. uh, Here's my experience. I I know I'm kind of rambling here. Uh, With my... my with my son he's so sensitive and he's so prone to shame that just like the thought of daddy being upset with him want he wants to change his behavior and so i would i spanked him like probably three times in his whole life as a as a kid he was probably 2 or 3 years old to let him know like you know we couldn't sit down and have a conversation about his heart but he also needs to not slap me in the face or something like that or run into the street so i'd give him a little swat on the bottom um but he like there was easier ways for me to correct his heart and his behavior as he started to grow up. And he just like spanking, it, it wasn't necessary because I could figure out ways to point his heart towards Jesus and I didn't have to spank him as a result. My daughter, on the other hand, is so stubborn. Uh, spanking I tried spanking with her. I've tried a million different discipline things with her because she's just so stubborn. Um, she's a feisty, strong-willed little girl. Um, and so when, when she was like in two, three years old, I would try spanking her and she just did not care at all all. It did not faze her at all. And so I would literally, uh, if I wanted to like, if spanking was my tactic with her, I would have had to beat her until I was blue in the face and she was had a blue bottom. And then uh, I would no longer be a foster dad, but somebody would have my kid (laughs) in their foster home. Uh, It just wasn't working. Like spanking wasn't working for her. And I had to figure out, I had to like be creative and we had to be creative, figure out what is other ways that we're going to try to point her heart towards Jesus. That's a long way of saying, uh, again, I'm not like anti-spanking or or um, for spanking, I don't think the scripture. I think the scriptures are pretty gray in that area, with the exception of the, a couple verses in Proverbs. Um, but I don't think it's prescribed. I don't think this is like what you have to do as a Christian parent is to spank your kids. I will let uh, every Christian decide that for their own household. The other thing I'd say is this: I know a lot of guys deal with anger, and they've got like pent up anger, and uh, and I I know there's, there's just a lot of guys who are spanking out of anger and. Um, And that's just not a good place to be. Uh, That is not healthy discipline. That is not healthy for your kids. So I I know I'm kind of dodging the, the question here, but I think the main thing that you need to think about is how do we as parents correct and point our hearts, the hearts of our kids towards Jesus? That is the biggest thing. Their behavior will always indicate what's going on in their heart. Uh, If spanking works for your kid, then maybe that's what you do, but don't do it out of anger. Um, But, you know, try other things. Uh, Spanking may not necessarily be the thing. I've always kind of felt weird like, um, you know, my son, let's say my son hits my daughter and then I spank him. It's like, hey, I'm going to. Uh, i 'm going to hit you because you just hit someone. It always felt a little bit weird to me, but again that 's kind of where we landed as a family i 'm not saying that 's where everybody should land i don 't think the scriptures are incredibly black and white on this issue. I think it can be for each household. Point your heart the hearts of your kids towards Jesus uh, decide, pray about it, decide what you guys want to do. The other thing is be united uh, if don 't have parenting strategies for mom and then one for dad. Uh, be united and be consistent and it, come up with what you guys want to do together and be consistent on that. Let's hit the next question. Jared, what's up? It's your boy, John Wilson. How's everybody doing in Dad's Hard World? Quick question, Jared. How do you and your wife stay intimate towards each other with kids, busy schedule? How do you keep the int- intimacy alive and well and going? And just enjoying life as a married couple with kids, fostering jobs, stuff like that. Love you, man. Love everything you guys are doing. Keep up the great work. John, you're hilarious, man. Uh, John comes on the Anchor FM app all the time, and if you're like teeter tottering on downloading this app and getting listening to that radio show, uh, he he alone is like worth it. He's always calling in and has the best questions and responses and thoughts. So, uh, anyway, John, thank you for your question. That's a super good question. We actually had one very similar question um, come in, so let's listen to that and then I'll answer it.
1: Hey, Jared, it's Josh from Tennessee. My question for you here. On the podcast is, what do you think about when a couple's been married for a while and their intimacy levels drop? Uh, By that I mean, you stop communicating on a really deep emotional level. Um, A lot of people will associate that with the butterflies that they used to get in their stomach and the anticipation of seeing the person that they, that they loved or, or wanted to love when they were first married or even dating. And uh, after time, you just get used to each other. So the familiarity factor takes into place. How do you keep that going? How do you continue to uh, both be pointed towards Jesus and then pointed towards each other? Because um, it can definitely happen. And I know a lot of people have that question. So take care and uh, look forward to hearing from you.
0: Another great question. I think the heart of both of your your guys's questions is intimacy. Uh, how do you stay connected to your wife on an, on an intimate level, where you're like enjoying each other as husband and wife? When real life hits, uh, the truth is we're not dating anymore. Uh, there, most of you guys who are listening to this aren't dating. Uh, you're married, and most likely you have kids. And life is crazy. You're working jobs and like the, sh- the stresses of uh, being an adult and like having real life responsibility uh, has kicked in and now you like know the person really well and you, you know they're uh, their the best part of them and then also like the worst part of them you've seen them at their worst you also know all their uh, annoying habits that you see every day that annoy you there's not it doesn't feel like there's much mystery left to the person and so how do you continue to build intimacy and again I'll probably say this with every answer but dude I'm I'm only 8 Years into marriage, like uh, uh, this, is a good question that we should all be asking. Like people in our lives who are older than us, this is why it's good to be in community with people who are older uh, and wiser and who have kind of have more skin in the game. Um, but here, here's what I would say. I would, I, I've got a couple thoughts on it. The first thought is, uh, I, I've heard people say, like um, counselors and therapists say, uh, it's okay to schedule. Uh, Like if we're talking about physical intimacy, like sex, uh, it's okay to schedule that, like, (laughs) uh, in your marriage. And there's two type of people here. There's that are listening. There's one group of people that are like, "What in the world? Absolutely not! There's no way that I'm gonna like schedule to be intimate with my uh, wife, or with if you're a woman listening with my husband." Uh, And uh, that just sounds like the least romantic thing. Like it takes the the whole point out of it. Um, And so you're you're like, "No way! I don't want to schedule." Uh, being intimate with my spouse, and then there's another side of people that's like, there are probably dudes listening like, like that sounds great. Like I've got everything down to a schedule. Like Tuesday, I'm grabbing lunch. Like Wednesday is the game, uh, and Friday, uh, I'm getting busy with my wife. Like I, you know, they're, they're they're totally fine with that. Like creating that schedule and just and then they just know like maybe every Friday at 3 p.m. Like I get my wife. She's fully attentive to me. She knows this is like what's coming. It's not unexpected. We plan around it. We make it exciting. I've heard counselors talk about like, you know, make it fun, like, uh, do whatever you need to do to have babysitters and, uh, uh, you know, the, whatever you want to do to make that a really enjoyable time. It's planned time. You can anticipate it. You can look forward to it, uh, and all that stuff. So I guess that's okay. We've never done that, uh, you know, as a side note in our marriage, we've never scheduled time to like be intimate with each other. Um, it's not really my personality. I, I wouldn't do that, but I've heard counselors say that it's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing if you're really busy in life and you this needs to be a priority and it just needs to hit your calendar, then do it that way. So that may be one answer for you uh, if you're in that. But here, here's the bigger thing that I would say, though. Uh, I, Layla and I went through a really crappy season of marriage. You If you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard about that at different times. But there was we were seeing this counselor, and the counselor was telling me that there was... Um, there's a season of, a t- there's, there's like this emotional attachment that happens between husband and wife. So say you guys go on vacation. It's an awesome vacation. You love it. You guys are having a great time. Maybe it's just you guys uh, and not your kids and you're like really connecting. You feel like you're in a new, you found a new love for your wife and enjoyment and you're like really enjoying each other and things are awesome. And you think like this should last for a long time. When we get home, we're going to be good for, for a long time. And then you get home and you like jump right back into real life and you've got kids and working and bills and all this stuff. And like two days go by, three days go by, and all of a sudden things feel like they were back to the way they used to be before you just went and had that awesome vacation. Well, there's actually like scientific studies coming out um, that are showing this, this feeling, this bonding of attachment when you and your wife are connecting, there's like stuff happening. There's this emotional attachment that's connecting you guys together. But that uh, that sense of attachment and safety and connectedness and oneness, it, uh, they're scientifically figuring out that that begins to fade as quickly as 24 hours, meaning you could have the best vacation, date, intimate night, whatever you're doing, and think that that might last you for the week, month, year, whatever. Uh, But it, it can start to fade. That oneness, that attachment can start to fade as quickly as 24 hours, which is insane. And, and for some of us as men, we're like, dude, that sucks. Like I put in a ton of work into that date or that thought or that card or that gift. And really after 24 hours of us feeling close and united in one, that sense of attachment can start to f- to fade really quickly. Um, and it reminds me of the story in the Old Testament where the Israelites are wandering through the desert and uh, God is providing them food uh, literally miraculously from the from the the, like heavens he's giving them food to eat and some of the people are nervous and they're like worried that God isn't going to take care of them every day and so when they see the bread they start to try to hoard it and keep it because they think what what if God doesn't provide for me tomorrow what if he doesn't show up for me tomorrow i need to collect and store up as much bread or food as i can and God would actually make it so that the food would start to spoil by the next morning Uh, if, if they had started to hoard it and the reason God was doing that was because he wanted them to rely on him every single day. He wanted them to have a newfound love and, uh, a newfound desperation and respect and desire and obedience. Then as soon as they woke up, he didn't want them to like hoard on and forget about him the next day. He, he's a God that like wants to interact and to pursue and to be part of every single day. And I think God actually hardwired us like this. I think God actually hardwired us that we need to pursue our spouse, our wife every single day. And even if, and when we don't, like that feeling of attachment will start to fade as quickly as 24 hours because we are meant to be pursued. We are meant to pursue our wives every single day to chase after her heart every single day. Just like God pursues us every single day he doesn't just save us he didn't like get us to say a prayer and then bail God didn't say like, Hey, you know, repeat this prayer after me. And then once I have you in the club, I'm going to move on and I'm never going to pursue your heart again. God is relentless in his pursuit of our heart every single day. And then he tells us to love our wives like that. I think the deeper issue of intimacy is what you guys alluded to. And it's that fact that we kind of, we, we've, we've stopped pursuing the heart of our wife. We convince ourselves that we know everything there is to know about her. Listen, you're the well of your wife's heart is deep even if you think you know everything about her, there are pieces, there are, there are places in her soul that still need to be revealed, that still need to be, like that soil still needs to be turned up to see what kind of fruit can be come out of it. And so I would say, um, I literally do this sometimes, and I'm not joking you it's almost impossible to view our wives objectively because we've seen all of her. We've seen her in all kinds of different situations. When we first met her, we just saw like this beautiful woman that we're attracted to that we want to learn more about. But as we get married and get years under our belt, then we can't see her objectively anymore. We see her with all the fights, with all the the bad things that have happened. We we see all the full package. and uh, And so, what i try to do sometimes and i literally do this it sounds weird but sometimes when my wife is like interacting with my kids or do, doing something she or with friends or something i literally just stare at her and try to view her the same way i viewed her when we were dating and think man i'm still in love with that woman there's still things in her heart that i have yet to uncover there's st- still things about her that i still want to know and see what what ways could bring her joy what things that that I haven't been pursuing that is deep within her heart that she like longs for, is excited about. And and all of us have room to do that. Like there's there's areas of my wife's heart that I have yet to discover that are, are things that she's passionate about that I've yet, yet to like go there with her or help her discover in herself. Um, like you want to be intimate with your wife, keep pursuing her. Um, I think that's even bigger than like scheduling it and all the practicalities of life. Uh, your wife and And you will feel closer, you will feel a sense of oneness, you won't uh like have to figure out how to be intimate when you're constantly pursuing her heart and uh, I just think that that's what God does for us every single day He's chasing after our hearts, and that's what we need to be doing and i I haven't met a dude yet that that's got that down that has like figured that out um and that has like accomplished that, because I just don't think it's possible. I think that there has to be a daily pursuit. It's not a one-and-done thing, just like God wasn't one-and-done with you and His pursuit of your heart. Um, you, you know. It's the same way that we need to pursue our wife's heart. So that's my thoughts on intimacy uh, there. Let's hit one more question here.
1: I have a question. So I'm traveling for work next week, my first business trip i feel like an adult now it's crazy i'm 26 um going to waltham massachusetts and i'm actually fasting lunch this week so that i'm not i'm not um tempted too much um when i'm away from my wife um so i you know i guess my question is you know What if y'all, any other guys, y'all, y'all, I know a lot of guys might travel for business. What do y'all do when you're on the road, when you're away from your family? How do you, um, how do you stay strong? What do
0: you do? Great question, Shastin, and and just to give like li- the listeners reference there, I wrote a chapter in the book which I know Shastin has uh, in the talking about fasting, and the reason he had mentioned fasting um, to kind of like th- in relation to temptation is that actually comes from when Jesus goes into the desert, he was led by the Spirit to be tempted. That's what the Scripture says. He went in. Jesus went into the desert, uh, into the wilderness to be tempted. And so he fasted. Uh, and so Jesus, when knowing that he's going to be faced with temptation, decided to fast, which seems counterintuitive. Like we would say, if we know we're going to be in a position where we could be weak or stumble, we should be like healthy and strong and mentally prepared and, you know, drink lots of water and all that stuff. Uh, but Jesus says, I'm going to make my soul or my, my flesh weak, my body weak, so that my soul can be, I can be more in tune to the spirit and what God's go- going to reveal in me and through me and uh, and so Jesus's response to knowing that he's going to be tempted was to fast and so that's what Shastin was doing talking about I was saying like uh, you know I want I want to like think through temptation. I know I'm going to be tempted. And so I'm going to choose to fast as a way to like say no to my flesh and say yes to what the spirit is trying to do in me so that the spirit would be louder in me than the desires of my flesh. And I can learn to respond, not just by flesh, like when I'm hungry, I eat, when I lust, I do whatever I want. Uh, when I see something I like, I go after it. Um, we can say no to that. That's what fasting helps us practice so that we can say, God, your spirit is alive in me. It's bigger in me. Uh, it's greater in me. It's changing my heart. And and what would you want me to do, spirit, as opposed to what what does my flesh want me to do? Shaston, to answer your question, I think that... Um, Here's what I would say. It's just never good for men to be alone. Uh, there, there are very few situations where where men should like be alone. I, th- I think the less we're alone, and the and we should be of as men of integrity and who are leading our families and our and our uh, wife well, we should desire and be intentional toward to have less alone time and and to rid ourselves of any secrets. The more that we're exposed, that we stay in the light, that we're with other people, I think that we just set ourselves up to be more men, uh, men with more integrity. And so... Uh, I would say on your on this business trip, go there for business. Think hard about work and what you're doing for work. Be fully engaged in business while you're there. Uh, I'm sure after you'll probably put in a work day uh, and then you'll have some dinner. I've done lots of business trips. Uh, so, you know, go have dinner. Be with people. Be with some coworkers. Think about it as a way to, to um, reveal God to them. Reveal what heaven's like, what the kingdom's like, what Jesus is like. As you get to have dinner, you talk about normal life. Uh, And all the the fun things of life, be with them until you're tired, you know, eat, have a drink, whatever, and then go back to your hotel room. Hopefully you're staying with somebody else in your room. If you're not, go back to your hotel room, call your wife, tell her that you love her, spend some time talking about her. Uh, with her and hearing how her day was. If you have kids, how the kids day was and then go to sleep. Um, the less alone time you have, uh, the better. And uh, we just want to put ourselves in situations where where we can exercise integrity and then just believe, man, that the spirit in you stronger. You're not a slave to sin anymore. It's the good news of the gospel that you're no longer a slave to your sin, but you've got the power of God living in you. I think your fasting is good to help you remind you of those things. Um, but you know, I, I don't think your, your question is like, am I going to cheat on my wife? I don't think that's what you're asking, but I I think you're asking like, you know, how do I just avoid temptations. How do I? What do I do when temptations come up? And really there's just temptations because you're alone. And so be alone less. Don't have any secrets. Engage with your wife even while you're gone. Uh, stay with people for as long as possible. Go to sleep. Think about work. Think about how you can bring the kingdom of heaven to wherever you're working uh, and to your co-workers. Show them what heaven's like. Hope that's helpful. Bro, I know I said one more question, uh, and we're running longer than most podcasts, but we've got one more question here and, uh, and then we'll, we'll be done. Hey guys, um, just started listening to the podcast not too long ago and, um, have enjoyed it so
1: far. Um, and I'm excited to get the new book in the mail. Um, hopefully I think it's coming this week according to my email. Anyway, my question is, um, I work in law enforcement. And I was kind of curious, any other sources out there for um, reading material or websites that um, maybe you, you guys or listeners recommend? Um, I've been listening to Watch Your Six podcast, uh, which is pretty good. Um, listening to your guys, which I've, like I said, I've been enjoying. But I was just
0: seeing what else is out there and what you guys recommend. So thanks and keep up the great work. Hey man, well first I want to say thank you uh for being in law enforcement. That's a super thankless job uh and uh obviously one of the hardest jobs uh in 2017 to have right now. So, I know you probably don't get thanked a ton, but thank you for serving your community and I, I and I think we need more Jesus loving uh police officers out there. So, uh yeah, that it's it's a tough Job to have right now. So thank you, man, for what you're doing and uh, continue to bring the kingdom and the good news of Jesus as you work in law enforcement. Uh, You know, dude, I actually don't have any really good resources for you. I kind of did a quick Google search because I didn't have anything off the top of my head and I didn't find anything that was awesome. Sounds like you found some good stuff already. But I think my biggest piece of advice would be this Uh, I've actually done a lot of ride alongs. I've even done a little bit of police chaplain work. And uh, from what my experience, what I can tell from people in law enforcement, is you guys can be really good at compartmentalizing. Uh, you see so much crap. You see the worst of our society all day long, all day, every day. And I know you get really jaded um, towards people and or I guess it's possible to get jaded towards people. And... uh and and also really compartmentalized in the sense that you can go from like having to be uh, a ad- high adrenaline or like again just seeing like the worst of stuff and then you have to shove that down and go home and try to be a husband and a dad and a follower of Jesus and so uh, I think what would be m- most helpful for you is to. One, I would encourage you to model what it's like to be vulnerable for your coworkers, uh, and, and I know that might that's that probably seems like an impossible task in that industry. But uh, what does it look like to still be strong, but also vulnerable, and uh, being able to like talk about the the crap that you're seeing and how it might be affecting you, and also letting your wife in on that. And uh, and if if you know of an older uh, police officer or someone in law enforcement, um, maybe even another first responder that loves Jesus and is still married. You guys have such high divorce rates in law enforcement first responder industry and super high suicide rates. Um, And I think that's kind of a a part of the the compartmental compartmentalizing things and so I would say find somebody that maybe is a first responder um, that has years ahead of you and has a healthy marriage and I would cling on to them I, I would I would have the guts to say hey can I buy you a cup of coffee a couple times a month and just pick your brain and you help me figure out how to how to navigate this industry and uh, how to continue to fall in love with Jesus and protect my family in the midst of such a hard industry. But anyway, I hope that's helpful, man. I'm sorry I didn't have any like great resources off the top of my head, but that would would be my my advice to you. Thank you again for uh, doing what you're doing. And uh, anyway, this was a fun podcast. I really enjoyed hearing your guys' questions. Again, download the Anchor FM app if you haven't already. I'll talk to you over there later.